author, a librarian, a teacher, or just a hobbyist who loves to review books, well, we would love to have you on the Unsolicited Book Reviews podcast where we keep it fun and keep it queer. If you're interested in being on the podcast, make sure you DM us on Instagram at UBR Podcast, or you can DM the host individually. You can DM Scott at Scott underscore the librarian, and you can DM KP at Ninja Purtle 80. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unsolicited Book Reviews podcast, where we keep it fun and keep it queer. I am your co-host, Scott. And I'm KP. And we have a very special guest today. Uh, joining us is M.A. Wardell. He is the author of the M.M. Romance Books Teacher of the Year, Mistletoe in Michigas, and the upcoming uh, book Napkins and Other Distractions. Uh, welcome to the UBR podcast, Matt. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm Yay. glad to be here. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting. You are our first author uh, on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we were, uh, whenever we were uh, booking uh, different authors and stuff, I got a little excited and just kept like messaging other people. And KP was like, hey, we need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> People love to, I mean, I don't know. I, I, maybe some authors don't like it, but I feel like generally speaking, people want to talk about their books. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's self, like it's promotion. Uh, yeah. So yeah, get your, and even, you know, a little podcast like ours who has like 20 some years. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you know what? Now you might have more. I know. Hey, yeah, maybe uh, you are like a golden ticket into getting more <laughs> <laughs> Big time author. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, not only that, but your books are so popular with like the queer community and even like straight women <laughs> who love to read M.M. <laughs> romance. <laughs> It's funny. So it's funny that you say that I go every weekend I go, um, there's this little shop that my husband and I go to, to get a breakfast sandwich. We practically go every Saturday morning and <laughs> it's a, a husband and a wife that own it. And the, somehow it came out that I write these MM books and this woman who is the owner um, has read my books and her husband will like talk to me about them, but he hasn't read them, but I think she's told him about them. And I just keep thinking like, oh my gosh, I wonder if a straight guy would ever read my books and like, what would they think? Like, I think that is the demographic that I'm not hitting straight men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need to get you into the straight men community. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm not mad about it, but you know, yeah. what, because he was, he was actually asking me about it this morning. He was like, Oh, you know, my wife really enjoys your books. And you know, I I'm learning a lot when she talks to me about them and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is she talking about? <laughs> what is she saying? <laughs> um, and then I, I just got me thinking, I was like, I wonder if a straight guy would ever read my books or any MM books really, like not just yeah. mine, um, mm -hmm. probably not. There is a straight uh, TikToker that I follow who actually does, uh, he's starting to get into MM romance books. Uh, I can't remember his uh, username, but uh, yeah, he only reads spicy uh, books, but just recently he started to, so I may need to like message him. I mean, we don't talk at all, but, <laughs> and say, hey, you need to read MM Wardell books. <laughs> any any straight male listeners but if we do 
write into the podcast and right. let us know your thoughts. Let us <laughs> All in. Because <laughs> we totally have a phone number that you can call into. <laughs> write a letter, but like DM us on Instagram. Right, and send a message. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not giving out my mailing address. <laughs> my dad might be the only like straight male oh, listener yeah. so like he can write me a letter if he wants <laughs> there you go he knows your address put a check in hopefully whatever if you want but... put a check in there <laughs> thanks dad like <laughs> you know i don't i don't want to know my dad's thoughts on spicy romance <laughs> he's gonna start talking to you about the spicy scenes that would be so awkward we can't get out of this conversation. You brought him in. You brought him back. Male listeners. Oh my goodness. We'd love to know their thoughts on um, um, spicy romance. We would, yes. <laughs> How about we get to some questions, Matt? That sounds sure. good. You ready to be in the hot seat? <laughs> I am ready. Okay. We're going to move on from KP and have a <laughs> conversation. It didn't take long for me to make it weird. Does it ever take long? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, that actually might be a record. Five minutes in. Yeah, five minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so how about our first question? Who or what inspires your writing the most? Hmm. Who or what? Um. You know, I think... Honestly, what inspires my writing a lot is like friends, you know, like just mm -hmm. queer friends that I have. Um, I really, I really wanted to write books that showed queer men. Mm -hmm. And I, that sounds like a weird thing to say because it's like, well, obviously MM, MM books are going to show queer men, but Sometimes I feel like in a lot of MM romance books, that's not the case. Um, and, you know, that's like a whole tangent we could go off on, which we won't. But, um, you know, I was the, thinking about bringing it up. <laughs> straight women writing MM <laughs> romance books. I mean, I will tell you, you know, there, there are, there are, there are, um, female authors and I never can, you know, you, it's hard to, you can't really assume anyone's uh, sexual identity, like of if they're course, straight yeah. or not. So like, I, I don't want to say whether they are, or they aren't, uh, but they're not queer men that I know. Yeah. Like I know that they're, I know that much. Um, and there are certain authors that really, for me, I don't know how, and I don't know, I don't know the, I don't know like the, the thinking behind it or how it happens, but they really do write queer men. Like it feels like yeah. when I'm reading their books, like I'm reading about queer men and queer culture to some degree, but they are a minority, these, these yeah. ladies, and they know who they are because I'm friendly with a lot of them. And I've told them how much I, I love their books and I do. And they're, they're authors that I recommend a lot. And some of them are probably on the list of books that I sent you. Um, but the most popular, I mean, if you go onto Amazon and you look at gay romance and you look at the top 10 books, uh, it, and, and, and people can read whatever they want and people can write whatever they want. Like, you know, there's no, uh, 
there's no queer police <laughs> about yeah. like what you can read or write. But as a person who identifies as a gay man, a queer man, it honestly, and here I am like getting all serious, right? That's the first question, but it like hurts my heart a little bit when like the top books are, uh, taboo, toxic, uh, relationships, uh, there's often like the thing that's hot right now is stepbrothers is like a hot trope right yeah. now. And it's like, really? That's, that's what's so, you know, and again, people can read and write whatever they want, but the fact that it's the, that it's like so popular, the most popular, that that's, yeah. that that's what people want to consume. It hurts my heart. It genuinely does. And I've had so many conversations about this with other authors who feel the same way, but also don't feel um, safe speaking publicly here i am on a podcast saying it but um don't feel because because you don't want to offend anyone like and you don't and i'm not yeah. trying to i'm again i am very clear about saying people can read and write whatever they want but it's it's what we what we um what we focus on right what we lift up what we say is the number one or the top 10 or whatever you want to say and so for me i just think well that's not me and that's not yeah any queer men that I know, and I know it's a just, lot. It's the stereotype. So, <laughs> well, it's not even a stereotype. Is that the stereotype that stepbrothers want to get it on uh, with each well, other? I, like, I mean, I mean, maybe like the porn world, but. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's like, I want to write books that show what queer men really are like. Yeah. And, and, and obviously I am, I cannot speak for the entire uh, queer male community obviously um and and there are lots of different ways to be there's not like a right way or a wrong way like all of that of course, yeah. i know but i want to put out um you know i want to put stories out that show men who are loving and and they are adults like they're not like 19 not that yeah. you know 19 technically you're an adult but um you know like older men who are like in their 30s and 40s and the new book has a character in his 50s um who are like living life and they have jobs and they're you know they're just falling in love kind of a thing um we don't get a lot of that uh those types of stories even from queer authors like gay gay male authors a lot of them you know go the young adult route uh which is fine like you know some of those stories are are fantastic and relatable even whenever you like are just channeling your you know uh, teen self or or whatever but uh there aren't a lot of gay men writing like adult male stories and even like you, you don't necessarily have to go into the spicy route because you can still have a romance book without you know uh, fade to black stuff but uh it there's just not it's a no lot fun. out there <laughs> it, it is no fun i agree <laughs> well katie i don't know <laughs> do you want to say what you told me <laughs> whenever you were reading <laughs> for the year <laughs> so kp is pan <laughs> And she reads a lot of sapphic fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like more on the sapphic side. And I was yeah. like, well, the love scenes had about two more penises than I would prefer. But, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you I love I love that you called them a love scene. I love that. I've no one I've never had anyone call it that. No one's yeah. ever said they never one's ever called it a love scene. So like that in and of itself is very cute. 
love. So I've only I've only read the first book, read the second book, but like there is so much love between the two characters. Like, well, and that's you know going back to your question, like I I wanted to show like, and so okay, I to answer your question, like what inspires honestly, and this sounds so hokey, but like. A lot of it comes from, I mean, I'm married. I've been married for 10 years and I've been with my husband for longer than that. But like legally, we've only been married for 10 years. And, you know, I feel like I want to show people that. Like I want to show, not that I'm writing about my marriage or anything like that, but I want to show that two men can have a loving, uh, caring relationship that it's not always, it doesn't always have to be like, you know, throwing each other around and like uh you know like uh i don't know like you know i'm thinking of like these i mean it can be be. yes it can be (laughs) but it doesn't have to be and not all gay sex is that like you know exactly i that's exactly is then i don't want any part of it (laughs) well and another thing that i will say that the more that i write the more that i am also questioning myself like um like one thing that I've noticed with a lot of MM books, regardless of who's written them, is that there is a, um, how do I put this? It's almost like there is this heteronormative trajectory that relationships typically yeah. go through. And and I think with a lot of queer books, for, for whatever reason, well, they do the same thing. And like my books, the two books that are out, are guilty of that as well. So what I'm talking about is you have two people who don't know each other that meet and they there's some kind of uh, getting to know each other and there's some flirting and maybe there's some dating or whatever. And then eventually they kiss. <laughs> and then after they kiss, they might do some other fun things in, mm-hmm. in, in a love scene. <laughs> and then ultimately... <laughs> and then ultimately... Um, I don't know. Is this po- like, are we allowed to, s- how, how, what's the language uh, thing on this podcast? It's, like, it's marked as explicit. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. And then ultimately uh, penetration, like, like is, well, no penetration is like yeah. the pinnacle of the relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is a very heteronormative way of looking at romance and most romance books follow that trajectory including mine like i'm guilty of that too um but but that's not reality but also Mm -hmm. romance isn't reality romance books and and rom-coms which is kind of like more what i like to consider my books are definitely not reality but i also think what how can i play with that right so like in my Mm -hmm. new book which is not out yet nobody's well some like beta beta people are reading it um I am saying I'm throwing some things out the door. Like for, for instance, there, there's, I wouldn't call it a love scene, but there's, um, <laughs> there's a sex scene in the third chapter. It's kind of like a hookup nice. book because in gay, in, in some circles of gay culture, that's the thing, right? Like people meet yeah. on apps and they hook up and, uh, you know, of course this is a romance. So like, it's going to be more than a hookup, but that's how it's going to start. Um, and the other thing that I'm doing, that's a little different. And this came from a conversation about what we're, what I'm talking about right now, this whole heteronormative trajectory of romance is one of the main characters in this third book identifies as a side. Um, okay. so 
there is no penetration that ever happens. Traditional uh, penetration, as you would, as we think of it, as far as like two men. Um, so while it's my spiciest book and it has the most spicy scenes, more than almost double than the other two books, <laughs> that never happens. And that was intentional wow. on my part. I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to write a book that doesn't do that because not all queer men do that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause like you said, it, it's not just, you know, penetration. Like there's other ways that uh, <laughs> two guys <laughs> can have fun with each other. <laughs> well, and so or it's interesting when I started. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to. <laughs> when I started. So when I was, when I would, when I came to this conclusion that uh, this character was going to be a side. I had to do some research because um, I didn't know a lot about that. Like that was something that was that was not in my uh, experience. Yeah. So I started talking to some guys, and I did some. Uh, I read some articles and and things like that. And it's very interesting. Like it's just very. And one of the things that I've heard a lot of that I've heard some of these guys say, and I've read is just what you're saying. Like, um, like that isn't that doesn't that doesn't make sex right like yeah. that doesn't mean that you're having sex um and there's one scene and i don't count it as a spicy scene but there's one scene where the two men in this book decide that they even though they're both um aroused that they're not going to have sex that they're going to just like be naked and cuddle and kiss and like that's a whole scene uh but nice. technically in romance if nobody has an orgasm it doesn't usually count so yeah. I'm not counting it, um, but I wanted to show that, right? Like, it's not yeah. just about, it's not just about getting off. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, there are uh, sometimes, uh, or in your, in your books, you've uh, had scenes uh, where, you know, only one person gets off and like, that's, that's fine. <laughs> right. You know? And the other that's thing reality. that happens in my well, the other thing that happens in my books that I was because I would read this in a lot of MM books, and also I have to always say this because I feel like someone's going to like come for me if I don't. I have not read every MM book that's ever been written, right? Like, yeah. so I've only read, you know, because I feel like if I say something, people are like, well, have you read this book? Or, you know, yeah. no, I haven't read every book. But in a lot of books that I've read, the two men always both have an orgasm and often at the same time. That's like a thing. Yeah. I don't know why uh, people think that really happens, but that doesn't like. I, does that happen with a man and a woman? I don't think so. Like, like, <laughs> right? Like, it's it's. Bullshit. I mean, maybe it's the fan. Maybe it's like a fantasy. I don't know. So that was yeah. another thing when yeah. I when I I was very um, conscious when I wrote when I sat down to write Teacher of the Year, which is the first book. I was like, you know what? There are certain things that I've seen in books that I want to. Uh, push up against and that was one of them like both people don't have to have an orgasm they're certainly not going to have an orgasm at the same time like that yeah like almost never happens like not to say that it can't or wouldn't ever happen but it's not going to happen if you have five or six uh love making scenes in your book <laughs> it might happen in one of them right like it's not going to happen every time yeah um, exactly so you know and the other thing that uh, since we're talking about whatever we want right and it's it's explicit <laughs> um apparently the number of dms that i got after teacher of the year first came out from women again i can't assume anyone's sexuality but they were definitely women 
uh, cause they told me they were, um, they had mm-hmm. never, they, they had never, um, read or like no thought there was, they, they had no experience with rimming. Like they didn't know that was even a thing, wow. <laughs> um, which I kind of wondered. And that's why I kind of wrote the, if you know, the book, like, uh, the character doesn't know what rimming is either. So they have like yeah. a little, com- they have like a little conversation about that. Um, um so you know i'm just like i'm just uh i think so and here's what some of it is i think there are lots of books that have that in it like i'm not the first person to write that clearly in a book i think because my books are i'm marketing my books more as rom-coms which i do think they are um, and the covers look very different than traditional MM romance covers. I think that certain people are picking them up that maybe haven't read uh, the level of spice before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. I'm getting a lot of people who thought Red, White, and Royal Blue was a spicy book. And then they read my <laughs> book and they're like, OMG. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I do have to say with Red, White, and Royal Blue, whenever it was uh, first came out there were people like saying it was a young adult book oh kitty cat (laughs) (laughs) uh and i whenever so i was expecting a a young adult book and then whenever i started reading it i was like no i don't think that's that's young adult i would Uh, i would say that it's new adult yes definitely new adult yeah and now it's marketed as new adult but yeah it yeah new adult wasn't really a thing yeah. uh you know whenever it first came out so uh, yeah yeah your your books are definitely uh, a lot spicier than <laughs> red white and royal blue uh but i i enjoyed it <laughs> i enjoy it too i mean i love this is the thing so i love i love red white and royal blue like i love that mm-hmm. book i love the charm offensive we t- were talking before about allison um before we started recording we were talking a little bit about allison who has become someone who's been who's been very kind and sweet to me and friendly to me um i love the charm offensive i love those rom- rom-com those queer rom-coms yeah. but they're not spicy and yeah. i also like traditional mm romance but they're not rom-coms they're usually they can often be very angsty like uh you know somebody's dying or somebody died like they're just very heavy uh and so i just was like i want i want the rom-com but i want the spice in those books uh so i'm going and there are there are um some other authors that are doing that to some degree um a little bit um so that's why that's why I did it. <laughs> well, great! You already—I mean, you answered one other question with that. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, yeah. So uh, another question for you: uh, Who is your favorite character that you've written, and who is the most like you? Well, it's easy to say who uh, is the most like me. Definitely Marvin in Teacher of the Year. <laughs> I mean. When it was the first uh, fiction book that I've ever written, uh, I told you a little bit, like I write other books under my real name, but they're not fiction books. Um, So this was the first fiction story that I had ever written. And so I was like, well, I need to 
make this character not me but like a little bit like me like that would make it because i was really uh overwhelmed at the thought of writing a book you know it's daunting so i describe marvin it's like me but everything is just cranked up to 11 you know (laughs) he's gay i'm gay he's jewish i'm jewish he's a kindergarten teacher i taught kindergarten for many years uh (laughs) there's a lot of similarities but but it's not me you know it's Mm -hmm. it's it's not like a uh, even though some people have asked me <laughs> if I ever had an affair with a parent. Um, no, um, it is not a true story. It is fiction. I made it up and I made him up, but I'm definitely a lot like him. Um, it's hard for me to say who my favorite characters are. Like the thing about it, and I, I've talked to some other authors and and some people have said that they feel this way too, but some people say no. I really... Like I fall in love with my characters when I'm writing them, like really hard. <laughs> um, and also, I feel like they are real people. Like it, I remember yeah. when I was when I was finished with Mistletoe, and I remember sitting on the couch one day, and I must have had like a pensive look on my face or something. And my husband said, "What? What? What's wrong?" Or like, "What are you thinking?" And I said, "I feel like I feel like Sheldon and Theo are going to knock on the door." Like, that's how real they feel to me. Like, they that's feel cool. like real people. And so it's hard for me to say who my favorite is because I really do love them all, like, really fiercely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to say which one of, like, the men are my favorite, but I will say there is a character in the new book who is a side character, and she is um, – I loved writing her so much. Her name is Ruth, and she is the PE teacher at – the school so of course she's a big les um <laughs> i love it <laughs> and i was a little worried i was like you know is that like too on the nose like is that or you know or am i gonna offend anyone and then i was like but here's the thing i have been a, i was a teacher for many many years i worked in i don't know four or five schools every pe teacher was a lesbian so like <laughs> it like it is real like you know it's that yeah. it's it's a stereotype but it's also real but anyway i made her this like badass ex olympian um she's black and she has braids with beads and like she changes the beads with the seasons like that kind of a thing i just i had so much fun writing her um that i love her so much i hope people awesome. like her as much as i do because she's just like a badass and that's another thing we were talking about before. There aren't enough queer women in MM mm-hmm. romance. For some reason, w- w- these MM books are created like uh, women free, or the women that are in them are straight women, you know, yeah. if they're women at all, which is fine. I mean, l- like nothing against straight women. But as a queer man, I was like, I have a lot of queer women friends like most of my best friends are queer women why are they not in the books and why are they not in my books oh my gosh i'm doing it too so i was like nope not doing that anymore um so ruth it was like was kind of like i was like not only is she going to be a queer woman but she's going to be just like a badass she's she's kind of like um that queer auntie you know like she knows about everything she knows a lot about queer culture and queer sex and she's just really and she's funny like she has a quip for everything she like convinces um kent who's the principal he was in the second book um she convinces him like that he might need to get a leather harness like she's that kind of a friend (laughs) so 
that's what you do. You know, I mean, if you want, what I realize is that if I want people to feel something, then I have to feel something. So like, if I want you to be turned on for the love scenes, then I have to be a little turned on when I'm writing them. Right. And if I want you to feel sad or like a different emotion, then I have to feel that way too. Um, so, I can tell you that uh, during that scene, uh, I just wanted to like jump into the book and give Theo like the biggest hug. Like it was, it was so emotional, like to to read that that part of the book. Yeah, yeah, it was very emotional to write. I remember, and then and then I wrote it, and I was like, okay, I did it, I'm done. And then I had a, then I started, which is like part of my personality, questioning everything. I was like is this too much for a rom-com? <laughs> like, have I gone overboard? Um, but I think it's a good juxtaposition. It's, it's one scene, you know, it's not the whole book or anything like that. And it, and it's, a uh, um, it's what we call like a thrusting event. Like it pushes, it pushes the, the story forward and it pushes the characters together in a way that wouldn't happen without that event. So, um, so I, I, I didn't like, I didn't like doing that to him, but also it needed to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was if the, it, K, KP, your eyes, whenever he said thrusting was. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even talking about that kind of I thrusting. wasn't even talking about it. Well, there's plenty of that in this book too. So the funny thing is, so, so when I wrote, okay, let's talk about the spice a little bit to make KP um, uncomfortable. Um, When I wrote, so, so teacher of the year, which is the book you read, I think it has four scenes, four spicy scenes. And I was like, I, I remember when I wrote that book, I was thinking, I thought it was a lot. Like I thought that's, that that's a lot. Cause they're, they're, they're long scenes, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. not. They're not, they're not brief. Um, even the kiss, the first kissing scene, which nothing really happens, but it's a long scene. Like I wanted to show like kissing more than just like a little bit. Um, but, but the reaction from people was so strong around the spice. I was like, oh boy, maybe with the second book, I should make it more spicy. So I think, I think with the second book, there's five spicy scenes. I think, I think it's five. And so then I was like, okay, that's a lot. Like for a rom-com, five scenes feels like a lot. And then the, th- and then now the new book has nine. <laughs> but, but it's different, right? Because, um, yeah. and, and I, I worried about it. Like I didn't like I'm not writing erotica, right? Like that's not my intention. I'm not trying to write erotica. No shade to erotica, but like that's not yeah. what I'm trying to do. But what I realized when I was writing this book, the the new book that hasn't come out yet, Napkins, is th- these characters in this book are in a place in their life where they are even though they are older, they are learning new things about themselves. And so part of that experience is being intimate with someone. And finding out that you like something that you, you know, you're 50 in your fifties and you never, you had like maybe a sparkle or something of it. And then, and I will also say, oh, this is another thing about the third book. And I did this in with Olin. So like, I'm guilty of this too, but every book it's by awakening, by awakening, by awakening, by awakening, by awakening. 
apparently the only men in MM books that are by have their awakening during the book. And so, and again, I did this myself, but I was really, I was like, I don't want that. So the bi character in napkins, it is not a bi awakening. He, he is very adamant about the fact that he's bisexual and he's been, you know, his bi awakening was when he was a teenager and he's now in his fifties. So he was married to a woman for, I don't remember 30 some odd years, but he was bi the whole time. And she knew he was bi. They had, you know, it was like, this is not a bi awakening, but he is having uh, some other awakenings. <laughs> like, <laughs> Some other things that he's like, oh, I've never, because he's never really been with a man, like, like, you know, in a long, in, in more than like, just like a little bit of a way in high school. So now mm -hmm. he's with a man for the first time and he's like discovering things that he never knew about himself. And so because of that, it lent itself to them being intimate more. Um, I will also say, if I'm being totally honest, the fact that the other, the other character of his name is Vincent, he's Vincent is from Teacher of the Year. He's the guy that Marvin goes on the date with. Um, he, because he's a side, I was nervous that people were going to like, not like that or think, oh, I don't want to read that because he's a side. So, so I think there was a part of me that wanted to counter that with putting more spice into the book. So mm -hmm. like, I want people to read it and think, oh my gosh, this is so good. And it's so spicy and it's sexy and it's hot, even though Vincent's a side. Um, and he's aside, like it doesn't change. It's not like by the end of the book, he's, he's decided that now he doesn't want to be aside anymore because he's so in love with this man. No, no like that's not <laughs> right. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, they do a lot of things. I mean, yeah. they're, this, this is why I had to do a lot of research around sides. Basically, uh, uh, men who identify as side, I mean, it's like anything, it's a spectrum, right? Like some people feel differently about it, but there are men who identify as side who will do uh, but stuff, but they just don't do that. Right. Yeah. So like they will do like rimming or like, a, like fingering and things like that, but they just don't want that. The penis. In yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> I get that. I get that. And to, to kind of segue a little bit, or actually that leads into uh, how do you come up with the spicy scenes for, uh, in your books? Do you just have a vivid imagination or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I will say, KP's like, she got her, she got her drink. <laughs> the tea is coming. <laughs> I mean, I will say, for me, it's like the 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 spicy scenes for me are driven by the story, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. not like I want to write. I, I don't I don't start with the spice. I start with the story and then I think about how do the characters and their and for me personally, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else but myself, obviously. The spice in the books is a way for the characters to learn more about themselves and also to learn more about each other. That's what it that's what sex is about in my books, right? Uh and, and obviously it's pleasure too i mean like it feels good but but the purpose it serves in the story is how like for teacher of the year how is marvin learning more about himself and how is he learning more about this person that he's become that he's falling in love with right and yeah. that's what the sex is about so um as far as like what are they gonna do like the logistics and the the choreography is what authors call it like like the the motions and all that um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, 
you know, I'm like a grown man and I'm married. So like, I know how it all works. Um, this is a funny story. So the woman, there's a woman that uh, does my developmental editing. She's an author. You should have her on the podcast. She's queer. Her name's Amy Spalding. Love her okay. so much. She's like the coolest human in the, in the world. Like I want to be her when I grow up. Like that's, she's that kind of person. She's like a queer auntie. I love her so much. Anyway, one of the things when she does, um, she leaves like little comments and notes when she's doing the developmental editing and she was doing it on this last book and there was a, a spicy scene and something, there was something about it. I can't remember. And she had a question and she wrote whatever her question was. And then she said, but I mean, I don't have a dick. <laughs> and you know, and that's like her thing that she, she'll say that she's like, this is my question or this is my wondering, but I don't have a dick. Like she always wants to let me <laughs> remind me that she doesn't have a penis. Um, but I also feel like what I bring to the spicy scenes is that uh, I do have one. And, it, <laughs> and not to say that, I mean, like if I were to write a book a sapphic book, which I've had many people ask me, would you ever write a sapphic book? Um, I don't know that I would have the ability. I mean, I could imagine what it would be like to have um, a vagina, right? Like I can imagine what it would be like, um, but I don't have one. And I, and I think it would be hard for me to write that. Or I would definitely need someone who had one to read it, to tell me like, <laughs> did I get it right? You know? And so for me, it's like, I have all the parts and I have done all those things. So like, I, I don't know. I just, I just get into a zone. And it's funny when I first started writing, the spice was really uncomfortable for me to write. Like a lot of authors feel that way. Like they feel nervous or, um, and then once I just like gave into it, I guess, um, to me, it's my favorite part to write now. Like I, <laughs> when it's a spicy, I write my books and, um, I write in chronological order, which I know a lot of authors don't do, but that's just how my brain works. So like I start with the first chapter and I write in order. Um, mm -hmm. and when it's a day and I typically write a chapter a day, that's typically when I'm drafting, that's how I write. And so when it's a day when I'm writing a spicy scene, it's a good day. Like I love the, I, that, they're my, it's, it's, it's like my favorite. I just love That's writing awesome. them. That's awesome. <laughs> well, oh, KP, uh, I think you have a question, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, and side note, before I get to my question, I love that you brought up Amy Spaulding because um, I have an arc of hers that is literally the next book that i am starting she just sent it to me days. so i am very i haven't excited read it but she's just she's just like the coolest human like i can't even describe how cool she is like when you look at her she has like funky glasses and like wears like doc martens and like cool clothes that she probably thrifted i don't know like she's just like the coolest person and queer too so like that makes me love her even more i don't know her i just <laughs> well now you, you have, have to reach out to her so <laughs> that i'm very excited to read so you should invite her i mean i don't know if she would do it or not but she probably would i don't know i can't speak for her good word for us i will put in a good word for you tell her how much fun how much fun you had and 
I wasn't yeah. late because of my podcasts around. <laughs> that never happened. There yeah. was no record of it. <laughs> anyway, next question. Um, so, how much did you plan your series before you started Teacher of the Year? You brought up Vincent and how he's going to appear in, or he's like the main character of Napkins. Um, when I was reading Teacher of the Year, as soon as this random ass character on the first day ordered like extra napkins, I was like, wait, the third book is called Napkins. (laughs) (laughs) Was that planned out? Like, did you know he was going to get his book when you started the first book? Like how much of that did you have all planned out? I would love to sit here and tell you that I'm like super organized and like, and I have, and I have friends that do that, that like, I have author friends who have like multi book series and they've, they have the whole thing planned out before they write a single word. That is not me. Um, (laughs) When I wrote teacher of the year, I knew I wanted to write a series about teachers. Like that was for sure. And I kind of knew that the, that I, well, I knew that the first, I knew a lot about the first book. And so I knew that he was going to be a kindergarten teacher. And then I knew that the second book, that the teacher was going to be a first grade teacher. And that's about all I knew. And I also knew at that time, I didn't know anything. I mean, I still don't know anything, but at that time I thought that they, they would be kind of standalones, right? Like not super interconnected, mainly because uh, interconnecting books is confusing and hard to do because you have to you have to like remember everyone and like what Mm -hmm. where they are and all of that so so then i so i wrote teacher of the year and i wrote vincent and i didn't think anything i did not have a plan for it that was not a plan Um, but then people really reacted to vincent like i had a lot of people who asked me questions about him and they really responded to him so i was like Hmm. but he's not a teacher right so i was like okay mm-hmm. i don't know like i just i just kind of tucked that away but people ask me about vincent all the time so then i wrote the second book someone's dog is barking i can hear I'm it sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's my greyhound she barks at everything. <laughs> i apologize um, i wrote the second book and um and it's not related at all. I mean, Marvin and Olin appear in the second book, but it's a, it's a cameo. Like they're in one scene for like, and it's like half a chapter. It's not, they're, they don't play a big part in that book. And I only did that because um, I kind of felt like I, I, I should, like people might, like it was a little like hat tip kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And the principal in the second book, his name is Kent. Um, he's the bisexual one who's in his fifties. Well, people. So when I was when I was working on Mistletoe, um, well, actually, when I was re- working on both books, I was in writing classes where um, you know you you get some teaching. Actually, Allison Cochran was one of the teachers of one of these classes. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, she, like the teacher does a little teaching, and then you you workshop what you're working on, and so. During one of these classes, I was workshopping Mistletoe, and everybody loved Kent. Like, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, Kent, he's so funny. He's so warm. Like, people just loved him. And I was like, okay. So I have this one character from the first book that everybody loved and, like, was curious and wanted more from. And I have a character from the second book. And I was like, 
and he's not a teacher, but he's a principal. So like close enough educator, same thing. Uh, I was like, maybe I'll just hook, make them a couple. Like it's my universe. I can do whatever yeah. I want. So that's where the idea. And I had that idea while I was writing mistletoe because of, I was, because I was in that class. So when you read mistletoe, uh, there's, it, it sets it up. Yeah, I remember that. At the that. end of Mistletoe, Kent is talking about this date that he's going on with this person, and you find out his name is Vincent. And so, like, it's kind of like an ah, uh, you know, an aha thing for people who have read both books. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's the third book. And so then that was going to be the end. I was like, I'm just going to write three books. That's it. But then uh, there's this company called Steamy Lit, which a lot of people have heard of. They're like a big. Uh, they put on a big romance book convention, but they also have a romance book box subscription thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what you call it. People pay money and like every couple months or whatever, they get a box of books. And then she also puts a vibrator in. That's her, that's her <laughs> shtick. I have gotten more vibrators from this woman. She sends me them like candy. She keeps, my husband's like, what, why do you keep getting vibrators in the mail? I'm like, it's, it's, it's Mel, is her name, who owns the company. <laughs> she just like, I don't know. I think whenever she sees one that, th that she thinks like a man might like, she sends it to me. Um, and if she ever has to mail me like books or anything, she sends me a vibrator with them. Anyway, she asked to, to have teacher of the year in a box, which was like a big deal. Cause my debut, nobody knew me. The book wasn't even out yet. Um, but a friend of mine had, had like, connected me with her and anyway she read it she really liked it she wanted it so she asked me if i would write a bonus chapter because that's the thing that they do in in these special editions right you get like a new mm -hmm. cover and then they ask you to write a bonus chapter so i wrote a bonus chapter and and i was like i didn't know what i was doing i was like what do i write and and what she said to me was was there anything when you when you finished the book was there anything you wish you had done or was there something missing or did you do was there a regret or anything like that and i mean spoiler alert i'm just gonna say it when i the I, as soon as she said that i was like yeah what so the end of teacher of the year even the epilogue um they're not engaged they're not married like it's just kind of like they're living together and they don't even really talk about marriage at all and i was like you know i kind of regretted not having them at least be engaged like having a proposal would have been really sweet and so i wrote that as the bonus chapter and as soon as i wrote it i, I will never forget it, the whole idea for the for that bonus chapter came to me like it just like flew into my head and I sat down and in like two hours I wrote it. It just came right out of me. And while I was writing it, I remember I was like, I want, I want to write the wedding. Like I want to write the, now that I've got them engaged, I want to write their wedding because everyone, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're getting married. I'm like, yeah, but it's Marvin. Like, it's not going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to be like perfect or, or go smoothly. Um, so that gave me the idea for the fourth book, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to be the last one of the series. Although a lot of people now are asking me to write another book for Sheldon and Theo, and I don't really want to, uh, only because, not because I don't want to write more of them. I love writing them, but that I have other books I want to write that are not in this series and universe, and I have a lot, I have ideas, and 
and you know, I can only write so much. So, um, what I've been doing, I have a Patreon and on the Patreon, I write bonus material, like bonus chapters. And I've been writing, uh, Theo and Sheldon bonus chapter. So that's like kind of the way that I'm getting to do that a little bit. And if people want to read it, they can. Um, but I will say I wrote the first bonus chapter for Theo, like from his POV. And I realized I haven't written Theo since I wrote the book because the uh, bonus chapter that I wrote for the steamy lit mistletoe book was Sheldon's point of view. So I, which is the other main character. So, I, and when I wrote, when I sat down to write Theo's chapter, I was like, Oh, maybe I would write another book for them because I love writing him so much. So I I don't want to say like never say never, right? Like I might it might happen someday, but it's not really in my plan right now. Okay. Um so four books and then I got other stuff that I want to write. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Is there a way that that everybody potentially shows up at the wedding? Oh, so in napkins. Okay, so the the third book that's coming out in June, um, this book is really part of the reason this book was not like super hard, but it was a challenge for me to. This part of it was challenging, is that now I have a main a side character from Teacher of the Year and a side character from Mistletoe are the main character are the the that they're the couple in this book. So all those characters would be part of the the their yeah. life right the wedding. no so i will tell you marvin which is hinted at in teacher of the year he's like you know let's he, they talk about staying in touch and being friends well they did they do and so actually marvin is like That's his cool. best like vincent's bestie and he's in at least like four or five scenes like and yay and then there's one scene where Vincent goes to their house for dinner. So like Olin and Alona are there. And then there's another scene where Marvin meets him for like coffee, but Alona is with him. It's very cute. Um, so Marvin is, Marvin is like a big side character in the third book. And then the school is Theo and Sheldon's school. This is where the, that, that's the school where, where the book, when they're at school, where it takes place. So Theo and Sheldon are in the book quite a bit as well that's exciting Um, but then when i write the fourth book which is called husband of the year um every yeah everyone will be uh in it i'll just say that it's gonna be a nice like like, you know boat like a a (laughs) bow to the series that's wonderful i love (laughs) well kpt you want to do uh are this or that questions yeah, so. let's let's do some this or that, some rapid fire this or that questions. You ready for it? I'm ready. All right, physical book or e-reader? Oh gosh, I read. <laughs> I actually read both, but I would say if I had to pick one, it would be an e-book. Okay. Right. Read in bed or read on the couch? Oh, definitely the couch. I don't read in bed. <laughs> you haven't seen my husband. He's very hot. <laughs> I have seen your husband. You sent me a photo of your husband. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm like, wait, how he did you see him? <laughs> I don't post. A, he doesn't like, he doesn't want to be really like on social media. So I don't post his picture, but yeah, I didn't share it, but <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> yes, he is. hot. I can attest to that. <laughs> 
listeners can't see how much I'm blushing on this episode. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Coffee. Bookstore or library? Oh. I mean, I love libraries. Like, I don't want to poo-poo a library, but I would say bookstore just because I like buying books. <laughs> bookmark or dog ear? Oh, bookmark. Even if it's not a real bookmark. Yeah, You're going right? to immediately kicked off the podcast if you said dog ear. <laughs> dog ear pages. No, only a psychopath is. <laughs> we have so many people who do that to library books and they get overturned. Oh. Like, like, that's not your book. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Uh, okay, well. Uh, you passed with flying colors. <laughs> We we didn't have to, you know, end the episode short. <laughs> oh, you you graduated too. Boot. <laughs> now is the time for Buy Borrow Boot, uh, which is a literary version of Fuck Mary Kill. Uh, we are putting Matt in the hot seat today, uh, and KP and I have selected three books for Matt's uh, red list, and he has no idea which books we have selected. So Matt will do his best to let you know if uh, he thinks you should buy it borrow it or boot it and i will preface because we had this issue with with rod uh he wanted us to pre uh to preface that uh not all books that we put into the boot are like you know boot worthy we may still love them uh so <laughs> just preface that so i know I, and I was thinking i was like when i sent you that list there's really because you know i had to send you a list of books that i've read there was really yeah. only one book on there that i would probably boot and if you don't pick that then i don't know which one i'm gonna boot so we'll see <laughs> all right your three books are song of achilles by madeline miller tentacles and triathlons by ashley bennett and the unlikely air by Jax calder Oh, okay. This is easy. Okay. Oh, the one, great. the one that I would buy. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no we made like it too those. easy for him. <laughs> it's not easy. Actually, it, it will be hard for me between the buy and the borrow. The boot is easy. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to make people mad. But um, so I would probably buy tentacles and triathlons okay or wait is it triathlons and i always forget which word comes tentacles and triathlons I think. Yeah. yeah i would buy that book number one i'm friends with ashley bennett you should have her on the podcast okay. um ashley is like one of my favorite people and i love that book and the reason i would buy it is because the spice in that book is off the chain and <laughs> You it's would want to own it. Like you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't, you'd want it. Cause you would want to read it over and over again because it's, it's the guy has eight arms. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's amazing. <laughs> and I will also say, so that was the first monster book. I ever, I've never, ever had read a monster book before. And the thing about tentacles and triathlons is it's a rom-com, but one of them is a monster. It's not scary or creepy or anything like that it's actually very sweet it's grumpy sunshine but the monster <laughs> is the sunshine i love that book. i love that the it's, one with the eight arms yeah the... <laughs> it's so cute and sweet but then it's and the love scenes it's very <laughs> spicy i need um, to move this one up my tbr <laughs> oh my god it is so good it is so good i love that book but like i kind of want to read it <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you should read it. Um, the audiobook is really good too. And then the one Thank I would you. borrow is The Unlikely Heir, which is a book that I just read uh, last year. And I love that book. Uh, it was a surprise to me. Like I did not expect to like it as much as I did. It's a true, true rom-com. Um, it's a, it's, it's like a Royal type of a book. Um, but it's very different than red, white and Royal blue. I actually liked it better. Um, <laughs> well, cause they're adults. So what it is, yeah, is it's yeah. the, it's the, it's the Prince of the Prince of England. Who's like the, not, who's like the prince that's in line, like the one that's the heir to the throne and the, um, the prime minister. Oh yeah. Like it's very cute. It's not spicy. There are, oh, okay. um, uh, there's like, uh, maybe one or, I mean, there's like one or, okay, wait, wait, let, let me, let me, let me give you a caveat. There's like one or two scenes, but they're very, they're more like, uh, like I would say like a red, white and Royal blue level of spice. Okay. Uh, and it's lo- not a lot of the book. I devoured that book. I loved it. I mean, if I could buy two, I, I mean, I did buy that book. I bought, so I would <laughs> buy it as well. Uh, and the one I would boot, which probably will piss a lot of people off, is the Song yeah. of Achilles. I did not like the Song of Achilles. I am still confused and baffled why everyone loves it so much. I guess um, it just wasn't for me. And I think I my expectation was something different than what the book is. And that's probably part of the problem. And it's very like flowery and a lot, there's a lot of um, chapters where like nothing really happens. Um, and the romance was not romancing for me. And there's no spice in that book. So no, um, no. it was just not for me. Uh, but I know that that is a hugely popular book. And it's like, people think it's like one of the best queer books that's ever written or whatever people think. I don't know. Um, and I just would boot it. Sorry. But no, you know what? I, it, I can boot that book because, like, trust me, Madeline Miller is like not caring that I'm booting her book. <laughs> she lives in a mansion and drives. Yeah, she's 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, with with her hundred dollar bills. And you know, I didn't hate Song of a Kill. It wasn't like I yeah. hated it. I just it was it was a it was um. It was a chore for me to read that book. Like I, it was not uh, an enjoyable super experience, and people love it, and it just baffles mm-hmm. me. But people love it. I remember enjoying it, uh, but like as time has gone on, like I'm just like, eh, like it was just okay. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Uh, I was in a like period of my life where I felt like I had to like love every single book that I read because I was reviewing, you know, starting to review books and put it on Instagram and stuff. And uh, I never wanted to say bad things about anything. But uh, now I'm just like, fuck it. If I don't enjoy it. (laughs) I mean, I didn't like I like I said, I didn't hate that book. But like of all the books, it is not a book. Uh, that I loved, like that I would yeah. ever read again, or that I need like ten editions of, or anything <laughs> like that. There, oh my goodness, yeah, there are so many bookstagrammers, yeah. book talkers that uh, it's like their whole personality. <laughs> yeah, they love people get tattoos. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. and, and good like for them. The, yeah. yeah, I mean, if they love it, good for them. But it's just like that book did not, you know. Now tentacles and triathlons. 
You're getting the tattoo of the eight <laughs> tentacles on your back. I actually do have. I get. I have gotten a tattoo for both. Every time I finish a book, I get a tattoo. So I have a tattoo for Teacher of the Year, and I have one for Mistletoe. Oh, and next that. week, I'm getting the. Uh, I'm going for napkins because it's like close enough that I feel like I could get the tattoo. That's awesome. So my mom does. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, uh, everybody, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're interested in being a guest on the UBR podcast, please DM us. Make sure you like, share, follow. Uh, you can follow the Unsolicited Book Reviews uh, on Instagram at UBR Podcast. You can follow me, Scott, on Instagram at Scott underscore the librarian. Follow KP on Instagram at Ninja Purtle 80. And always make sure, yeah, I have to go through. Make sure you follow Matt, uh, M.A. Wardell. Uh, he is at M.A. Wardell author. And I would like to thank you uh, for joining us today. Uh, I just am so elated that you agreed to be on the, the podcast. Uh, it was an honor to have you here. Uh, and also, everybody who's listening, make sure if you haven't already, pick up a copy of Teacher of the Year, Mistletoe Michigasen. Make sure you pre-order a copy of Napkins and Other Distractions, uh, which comes out on June 4th, 2024. Matt, I hope you had fun with us today. <laughs> yes, I had a great time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, we will see you next Tuesday, everybody. 